Thank you so much, man. This was the Lesson Podcast. Your host, Juan Michael. Um, I'm excited. I have I have Jay Simone back on, um, counselor. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Substance abuse counselor. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, we did it three times. I finally got it now. All right. <laughs> um, we, we've been talking about a lot. We talked about addiction. We talked about codependency. Now we're going to talk about anger management. I feel like all of these tie within each other. Because um, when you think about a, a, someone who's an alcoholic, usually they're codependent and they're angry. Um, well, you were saying you want to talk about there's some myths to anger, right? Yes. What are those myths? Uh, one of those myths I kind of mentioned is anger is inherited. Um, and the biggest misconception is that the way people express anger is it's inherited and it can't be changed. Um, but the reality is that how a person expresses anger is learned behavior. And it can be unlearned if the person chooses to. Um, and so, cause every, cause while they feel like it might be inherited, it's, it feels like it's that way because they're mimicking behavior they've seen their whole lives. Um, and they've seen their parents do it, so they assume they got it from their parents, but they didn't get it from their parents. They learned it from their parents or their relatives. Um, and so that's one of the biggest things because people will be like, I'm just blunt. I'm just real. No, you're just a jerk that doesn't know how to express your anger. Or, um, and you do it in a, a very rude way when there is a very tactful way to express how you feel without belittling somebody or, um, or just um, dismissing or feeling like you have to attack somebody to get your point across. Um, the second thing, the myth is um, anger automatically leads to aggression. Um, anger and aggression are not tied together. Um, you can express your anger in healthy ways. It does not have to be aggression. Some people be like, well, I was mad. Or people make excuses for people when they were upset. That does not excuse being rude, disrespectful to someone or hitting someone because you're angry. Um, aggression is a choice. A lot of times, um, People have learned that they have to be aggressive to get their, their point across um, or they have to be aggressive because whatever, whatever action made them angry, they feel disrespected by it. And the only way to resolve being disrespected is to retaliate. Mm. And, and that's not necessary. Um, and so a lot of times with 
um, aggression, you can you can use anger management skills to keep it from escalating to where it does lead to aggression. Um, the fourth, the third one, uh, one of the one of the myths is you have to be aggressive to get what you want. Like people can will hold on to anger and feel no need to change their bad behavior because it gets results. It's not positive results, but it gets results. Um, and so a lot of times is um, they confuse being assertive with aggression. Assertiveness is saying what needs to be done or um, saying how you feel in a calm manner versus aggression where it's the intention of it is to dominate, intimidate, harm, or injure another person to win at any cost. So it's like, I'm going to intimidate you to win this argument. Um, I'm going to injure you. I might hit you to prove my point. I need to stand over you and make you feel scared to, to get my point across. Even if I'm wrong, I'm going to do all of these actions because I'm mad and I need to have my way now. And the this myth is also goes back to um, when I was talking about my manager, because she came in, all she had to do was nicely ask me to work overtime or explain why she needed me to work overtime. But instead, she used intimidation, um, threat of being fired if I said no, to aggressively get me to work overtime instead of being assertive and explaining to me that, you know, she, the reality was she fired too many people that had security clearance that no longer had it. And you, she couldn't get that security clearance anymore. So now she was stuck. And instead of asking people to work with her, she used dom fear and domination to make people work more hours than they were willing to. Um, and then the last one, one of the biggest myths about anger is venting anger is always desirable. Um, they, one of the things, the popular beliefs that used to be in psychology was aggressive expression of anger, such as screaming, beating a pillow was therapeutic and healthy, but the reality is the people that vented their anger got better at being aggressively angry. It reinforced their aggression instead of helping them work past it. You know, so some people will be like, when I get mad, I go to the gym. When I get mad, I box. Um, and while the the form of thought, the train of thought back at one point was that that was a good thing, it's now kind of bad because now now you've become an expert at hurting people and you still don't know how to control your anger. <laughs> what about we go for a run? A run is good, but that because um, the endorphins help change your mood and your, especially um, that helps change your mood. But if you're boxing, that's 
they teach you to, to not be angry when you fight, but still, it's like instead of working through the problem or doing something nonviolent to clear your head, you tend to um, it. They found that it it just made it worse. Um, it, all of the studies just showed that they got better at being angry. It didn't help them get over the anger. It didn't help them work through the anger. So you're saying we just need to learn how to deal with our emotions. Exactly. And accept the fact that anger is a part of the the type of emotions you're going to feel on the regular basis. Because all emotions, um, the way I was taught, they're not good or bad, but they're like warning signs. Good warning signs and bad warning signs. If you're angry, it means that somebody has done something to you that uh, that attacks uh, a belief um, or let you down. And so a lot of times people would get angry, like uh, an example, because I used to have this client that loved fighting in the clubs. And so in her mind, you step on her shoe, you're intentionally being disrespectful. It's very irrational, but that's how she felt. So if there was a crowded club and somebody stepped on her foot, even if there was no way that person could have avoided stepping on her foot, she was throwing the first punch. You know, and that and that's because it fell into that belief system that she had. Um, and she was one of those that walked around with the chip on her shoulder because from the time she was a kid, she was so used to being used and manipulated that she always felt like everybody was. So even the even trying to tell her right from wrong, she would be ready to fight. She would instantly get angry and because she feels disrespected. And you're trying to, she feels like you're trying to manipulate her. So now she's ready to fight. Um, and then, and then the other things is some people, when people let them down, like if you promise to pick somebody up and then something happens and you forget, they get mad and cuss you out. That's aggression. That's bad behavior because you're angry. You're angry because they let you down. You depended on them and they weren't there. Instead of telling them how you feel, you cuss them out, you yell at them for 15 minutes, um, and and while in the in that immediate time frame when you do that, you feel better, but over the long run, you've now put a strain on this relationship or permanently damaged the relationship um, because that person now, does it, anything they do, they might get cussed out. They're not going to feel comfortable always being around you after that. You might feel good, but the relationship is going to suffer because there's always consequences. Gotcha. So is that all of the um, myths? 
those are the main myths for anger. Um, you know, and you know that anger is a bad thing. Anger is not a bad feeling. It is a warning to let you know that something's wrong and you need to fix it. Not attack somebody, but actually fix it. You know, if you get mad about something, you would need to stop and say, why am I mad at this situation? Or why am I so angry at a situation that does, that does not warrant that much anger? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I had a, I had a, a trauma, a client in one of my trauma classes that I did is trauma and substance abuse, substance use. And, um, and one of the ladies, I remember she freaked out because this one careless person was uh, tripped and accidentally headbutted uh, the, the girl that was in my class and the young lady and um, and she freaked out. She cussed her out. By the time she got to my class, she was worked up. She was like angry and shaking and going off about this girl accidentally. Like she tripped, literally tripped and headbutted her by accident. It was not intentional. And so I was like, the, I just kept her talking. And I'm like, so what is it about the headbutt that has you so worked up? And after letting her just free talk for like 10 to 15 minutes, it comes out was she used to be in an abusive relationship. And one of the things he would do to physically abuse her is headbutt her. They would get into an argument and he would headbutt her. And when the, the lady did that, it made, it gave her a flashback and while working through the trauma class, she thought she was past all of that. It brought all those feelings back. It made her freak out. And so her response was getting angry and and lashing out at that person. But it wasn't really what that person did that made her that angry. It was bringing back that trauma, reminding her of that trauma feeling like she was reliving that trauma again that made her lash out and be aggressive even though the person apologized and everybody knew that it was an accident um you know and so that's how sometimes why I always say with everything is therapy is important because the underlying triggers take work time and someone to help you work through it and give you directions on how to deal with it um you know and so you have to be mindful of that um and being overly aggressive um but those are the, the major things with the myths about anger that I think people use as excuses for being angry or excuses for being rude or excuses for being blunt when it's not necessary. Gotcha. All right. 
first of all, can you tell us what is anger management? Um, anger management is is teaching people how to deal with a very valid emotion that has been misunderstood and um, and very badly uh, assigned to other actions. Um, so um, anger in general is a feeling or an emotion that reads that ranges from mild irritation to intense fury and rage. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that happens and which is what has made anger become so toxic and accepted as a part of someone's personality is they confuse the anger with aggression. And they are two different things. And when they, when I say, uh, like they confuse it is because people will lash out at somebody that doesn't agree with what they're saying and say, I'm passionate. No, you're being aggressive. That's not passion. Mm. That's not anger. That is aggression because you want, you uh, don't know how to deal with someone not agreeing with you or not doing what you say to do. And that's, that's not the same thing as anger. It's not the same thing as passion. It's very okay. toxic behavior. So, all right. So if you're dealing with somebody like that, what should you do? Leave. <laughs> Just walk away? <laughs> Absolutely. Because you can't fix somebody that doesn't want to be fixed. All right. All right. So th- I, feel like, all right, I feel like that's in a perfect world. What if you're in a situation where it's like, your boss find a new job or report him to HR. But isn't is that something that you can prove? It's my last job because I've been in situations where people will deny that they're lashing out. There's they'll put it back on you, you know, and and they'll be like, "Oh man, like nah, you just turping like that." I'm not. They'll say this stuff like, "I'm passionate" or "This is how I talk." Um, and that's, that's just, that's no different than justifications for using drugs. They're justifying their bad behavior. And so, and if all else fails, make an exit strategy. Find, I, I've been in that situation and I found a new job. I took a pay cut just to get away from it. It was so, so it was so stressful. I started having migraines to the point where I had to take medicines. I had to get a prescription for it. So what is, why is it so stressful and why is it so toxic? Because, because people will use aggression to achieve what they want, which make, which means what they're trying to do is force you into doing something against your will. And that's stressful. Like my, like, for example, my old boss would see me leaving to go to the elevator and would try to corner me and go you're you're working overtime this weekend right with the and she already had the reputation of firing people over nothing so at one point I was working like six seven days a week because I was too scared to say no like um 
to working whenever she when whenever she cornered me and stood over me because she was taller than me and bigger than me um and she had the ability to fire people at discretion it wasn't like she had to go through a chain of command like she came in it was like oh you got up while you were on a call you're fired literally that's what she was doing it was such a toxic place everybody took their stuff home because I worked in an office where everybody had been there for years. When I say years, I mean like five to 10 years. And when she got there, I had been there for four. And everybody, even the people that had been there for more than 10 years took all of their personal stuff off their desk. Everybody was sitting there with no personal pictures, no personal items. No, nothing, because they were like, if I'm going to get fired, I'm not coming back up here. That's how stressed out we were. So it, what you're explaining to me, I've definitely been in that type of position. I've been in that type of that several times. And, you know, one of, I feel like the hardest things is when I went through that experience was that um, you feel like, you you invest in a company you got a 401k you've been mm-hmm. there for some years um nobody just wants to walk away from something that they put you know time and effort in mm-hmm. and so you know so you're telling us that if you if you're experiencing that like if you first of all you say report on hr what do you tell hr because how can you prove that someone is being aggressive and also um, I feel like a lot of times, even if you report them, sometimes your coworkers and other people, they're not going to report as well because they don't want to ruin their situation. So everybody's not going to be able to be on your side with this. So, how, you know, what should that conversation be with, with um, when it comes to HR? You. Well, now they have more strict. The guidelines are a lot stricter. Um but like back when I was working, um, there wasn't, the rules weren't as, as, as good as they are now with certain businesses, but um, you have to get uh, people to corroborate your story. Cause in, even if you complain the first time and they do nothing, if you keep complaining, they will start questioning other people to see if it's true. Um, And now HR has to take every instance very seriously. Um, Some companies still don't because you still see people in the news like Google and other places that people complain or leave or even like um, Gabrielle Union when she complained about the toxic behavior at the toxic environment in America's Got Talent and you know she just left because you know Terry Crews didn't back her up um and so sometimes you 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 do you go through the right channels if it doesn't work then you just have to make a, a exit plan and leave it doesn't always work but you at least try, at least have it on record so that maybe when the next person who does complain, um, they'll maybe they'll start seeing that there's some validity to it. 
Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So then you talk about in the work environment. Um, so what about, you know, relationships, you know, uh, maybe family, um, you know, which can be a hard one because um, you might not, might be one of your parents, um, you know, and you, and you feel like you owe them something or maybe you in a relationship with the, um, your partner, you know, how do you deal with um, this in that type of situation? It, if you, what you can do is set up boundaries. And uh, if it's a romantic relationship, you should end it because this, it's not going to change. Because most people want, because of that label, people, abusive people labeling their aggression as passionate and people, they're not going to change. Once they call it passionate or they make an excuse for it, there is no reason for you to stay because they're not going to change. They don't see a problem with it. They just, they think you have a problem and you need to get with the program. And if it's a parent, then you have to make the hard choices um, or relatives um, to not be around them. What um, if it's somebody paying your rent? <laughs> what you, you, you got to make an exit strategy to, to, to not be dependent on them anymore because in their anger, they will hold that over you to make you do what you supposed, what they want you to do. Hmm. So, you know, is there early signs to this before you get, um, you know, before they get really bad? You know, for example, you, before you, you get to that job or you got a new boss, is there ways to tell that uh, this person is toxic? For work? No. Um, unless you can get there early and talk with people that work there. Um and if you have a chance to interact with people before or after your interview, other than that, you won't know because um, they're pretty good at not showing their hand immediately unless they're just really just so filled with anger because they'll be super nice. Because see, the thing with um, a lot of angry people, especially in the professional world, is they know how to suck up enough to get people in. And then after once they got you in, then they feel like they can treat you in any way. Um, or if they think that you're less than them, then they'll treat you any kind of way. Um, and, and, it, and it happens everywhere. You um, said less than? What, what do you yeah. mean by less than? Well... If they're a supervisor and you're an employee, they'll talk down to you. Um, or they'll talk down to you and be respectful to their boss, which is why you sometimes have a hard time when you try to tell their boss that they're not, they're not the way they're supposed to be. They don't believe you. Cause mm. they're like, oh, they're always, they're always nice and respectful. And um um but it but to you they're not to them they are mm, that's stay right there because that is a situation that i feel like a lot of people deal with mm -hmm. is it's I, I experienced that myself i i had a a manager that was very micromanaging 
no one in the whole store. I was working in a store at that time. No one in the store liked them, very passive aggressive, very manipulative, and you know, very aggressive. Talk it was a very toxic environment. But anytime the big boss came up, came across, he would kiss up to that person and he would and the boss would always talk about how he was a great guy. And mm-hmm. um how is there a way to point out that hey, this person is not as great as you are, or do you still just got to plan that exit strategy or just keep contacting HR? Both. I'm going to tell you, I left the job and I left the church because of that. Um, Because I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't play with it. I don't tolerate it. I grew up around a lot of angry people. And the one thing I'm not going to do is tolerated in my adult life as a kid I didn't have a choice as an adult I do um if I can help it I won't tolerate it so this happens in the church as well you say oh yes I one church that I was at I was um I don't know if you know what fivefold is but like um, it's where like you you have five ministers or they may not be ministers that are head of like the five parts of the church, like pastoral, mm-hmm. uh, teaching, um, um, intercessor, um, uh, why is my mind going blank? But the one that's like over, uh, t- uh, I don't know why my mind's going blank right now. And it's Sunday. Um, but it's fivefold. I was over teaching. It was pastoral episode. Uh, oh, prophetic. Pastoral, prophetic, intercessor, um, teaching. Uh, I, I don't know why my mind's blank right now. Um, but I was over teaching. And um, there was another person that became a minister when I became a minister. We were in training together. And um, um, and so uh, a lot of the people knew, knew, well, I don't take crap from anybody. Um, and so she was new to the church. Um, and she was abusive. I could see it by like the way she would make faces when she thought people weren't looking and they was talking about stuff. And even in training, one of the signs that for me that she was abusive was we had to like uh, talk about the church budget. We had to figure out, we had to, as a group, create a church budget. And 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 she had an attitude because she was like, I don't know why we just can't do it this way. Everybody needs to do it this way. And why does the choir have to buy their own wardrobe if we're going to let the dance department buy? We're going to buy the outfits for the, the praise team. And and when, when someone is very rigid and starts saying, they everybody needs to do it my way, I don't see why we can't do it this way, and it's supposed to be a group effort, that's a big sign that they're abusive because they want everything their way, and they're going to keep talking and and running over you until they get it their way. And um, and so after training, like, and she once she became 
um, a minister, like she would kiss up to the pastor. It was terrible. It was, it was like, she kissed up to him, his mother, his fiance, like they all thought she was just this wonderful person. Meanwhile, because I'm always like, even as a kid at church, every, if there was ever a problem, they came, even the kids came, like my age came to me. If somebody had, they had a, somebody had an issue with them, I wanted to fight them. And so all of a sudden, you know, she's talking down to these people, like everybody's having these run-ins with them. And so they're, they, one person tried to go to the pastor and he was just like, oh, it's probably just a misunderstanding. And all of a sudden, everybody started coming to me about it. After about the third person, I started paying attention to her when she thought well, nobody looking. And like, I heard the way she was disrespectful to her husband. And then um, somebody had asked her husband to do something for an event that we were doing. And the face, like her face contorted to such pure anger so fast. And then it went away um, at the mere fact that they asked her husband to do something and she didn't know about it. And um, I mean, like it did. So that confirmed it for me that it, it won't just like a misunderstanding. Like she was actually talking down and being disrespectful and verbally abusive to these people. Like the comments that she was making is not something a minister should be saying to somebody. And, um, and um, so, and then I had my run in with her cause she was already mad. I was five four and she wasn't. And, um, and um, she, uh, so I had, because of substance abuse counseling, I did a lot of groups in the evenings. And um, so I missed uh, a meeting and the pastor asked her to give me the rundown of the meeting because I got there at the end and I knew this was going to be it. And she had the, the way she explained it to me was so disrespectful. It took everything in me not to want to punch her. Like that's how disrespectful she was. Because apparently at this meeting, there was a couple of ministers in Fivefold that wasn't doing their job. So instead of instead of addressing the people that weren't doing their job, he sat everybody down, including me. And so and um and so the way she explained to me was like, y'all are not doing your job. And she said a whole bunch of other stuff. And which I was. Uh so um my my teachers had their curriculum every week. They had all of the papers that they needed for the children's church. Like they had all of the worksheets, they had coloring, like everything to to keep the kids busy from the time they went in to the end in, in the church service. Um, they always had everything they needed. So the fact that she said that and the way she said it, like even one of the members was standing behind her. She didn't know she was there. She was standing there with her mouth open, like, I can't believe she just said this. And she was one of the, my teachers. And um, so I went to the pastor and we had a very long back and forth about it. And he was like, no, that's not her. So I'm like, okay, so even though I have multiple people that have said that have had run-ins with her, I had a run-in with her. I'm telling her, I'm a, at this point, I am doing substance abuse, I'm running anger management classes, and you're going to tell me I don't know what an abusive person is, and I must be mistaken, and that I'm lying about what she's doing. So I said, oh, okay, 
I've addressed it with you. You've made it clear that you're not going to address it. Uh, good luck with fivefold, because I'm not doing it again. And um, and I actually, I I left the church because I was like, I'm not gonna be here and put up with. And, that, and it wasn't the first instance, but this was like the most recent one, the the last straw in the ministers not being appropriate when the pastor wasn't around and then the pastor not believing that they were inappropriate. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to be the buffer between her and the members that she is verbally abusing. And so eventually, after a couple of months, he put her on fivefold and he got to see firsthand and so then he invited me back and actually, and, you know, it had the, and in a meeting admitted that uh, he had to work with her on her anger. He wouldn't, he wouldn't put it as anger management, but on her grace. Um, and so, you know, and sometimes you have to leave for people to see it because people are not, if they don't believe it, you're not required to stay there and put up with it. I left. And I stopped so, being a buffer. And he finally saw it for himself. So if you're someone dealing with this, um, is it your job to bring up to the person, you know, that's being aggressive at all? It depends on the situation. For me, like with the church, as one minister about another minister, it was my job to address it with the person that was over her, which was our spiritual father. And so he can address it. What about um, at a job? At a job, you go to HR because um and or their their manager if you can um get in touch with them. Because addressing an abusive person head on is never going to work. It, it does not work in your favor because they've already established with the higher ups that they're in a good space. So if it goes south and turns into an argument, it's going to look bad on you before it looks bad on them. So I always say go to the person above them and let them address it. Gotcha. Um, so tell me, um, hold on one second. So um, why should you not, for people who are, you know, going through the situation and they're like, you know what, I can't do this because I need this job. I don't want to create no conflict and I don't want to walk away because I got too much to lose. Um, why should they not stay and deal with an abusive person? Like how bad can it get for you? It can get as bad as it was for me. I was missing a lot of work from migraines. Um, my nerves was bad. I was jumpy. Like I never like for me it was it was a really good paying job. It like the job that I left, I like for the time frame where I was, how much they paid was way more than any other company. Um 
and you you worked overtime. Um, it had amazing benefits. Um, and I stuck it out for a while, but it got to a point where my health was deteriorating. And one of the last straws for me was I had asthma. This lady knew I had asthma and she was obligated by law to tell me when they were going to do wax the floors so I could leave. She, what she did is scheduled them to start on the bottom floor and work their way up so that I would be, um, and, and did intentionally did not tell me. Cause she didn't want anybody to leave. Well, the key thing here with why she didn't want me to leave was we had a client on an old system that we no longer had permission to get security clearance for. I had security clearance for it. And I was like one of two people that worked on the weekends, uh, which is why she kept bullying me to work as much as possible because the last client wouldn't get off that system. And I was the last trainer class to come in with clearance for it. And she had fired everybody else from my trainer class in her bullying tactics. Um, and so she could not afford for me to leave. And so instead of rescheduling, she started the cleaning and did not tell me they had to call the ambulance and rush me to the hospital because my asthma attack was so bad. It took three treatments, two, two steroid doses and cortisone to stop my asthma attack. And she did this intentionally. And she was legally supposed to tell me and let me leave, but she didn't want me to leave. Um, so when, you're, when your health starts being impacted, you have no choice but to leave, even if it is a job that you, that you don't want to. I'm not saying quit on the spot, find work really hard on finding a comparable job a job in your field that works but if it starts to pack in your health like the way it did mine you, you have to leave so that stress can get to you it yeah start you. Gotcha. it started my health deteriorated really bad and like i did like i did a whole 180 once i got to my next job i mean i was sick all the time at the other job Gotcha. So, always, yeah. So, um, all right. So, let's talk about anger management itself. What is the difference between anger management and therapy? Anger management and therapy. Well, anger management is like how to manage a trigger. It's teaching you about anger, um, and how to manage the triggers that happened with, that happened that, well, that caused the anger. Therapy is working on the, the trauma that, that the, caused the anger or working on the trauma and the triggers. Like you, you deal with that. Anger management is how to deal with your anger in the meantime, like until you get help. A lot of times anger management is given, is court ordered because you've acted out. They, they'll, they'll pay for that, but they might not pay for therapy. Um, so okay. anger management is just teaching you how to not have aggressive behavior when you get angry. 
it's like it gives you the tools to not lash out at people when you get mad. So is there ever, because you said last time was court order, is there ever a time when people volunteer and just show up and be like, I need anger management? I've never seen it. There might be. But most people with anger management problems don't see a problem with it because it gets results. Okay. All right. So can you explain to us what, like, when you in anger management, like, what is it like? Like, um, because I have no idea. I know what therapy is, but like, once you get there, what are some of the things that you can, like, um, expect if you're going through anger management? With, with anger management, you, it's the first, the first session or two is all about breaking the myths that, that keep people, that justify people's bad behaviors. So it's addressing like what anger actually is, the myths about it, um, when it becomes a problem, make, uh, helping them become aware of like the payoffs and the consequences. Um, and, and like the biggest myth and probably the hardest one to teach people is that you're not, it's not inherited. Anger is not an, an inher- inherited attribute. You learn it. If you grow up around angry people, you learn to respond the way they do because a kid does everything they see. Because if you lash out in anger and then tell them not to do it, they're not going to remember that you said that. They're going to remember that they saw you lashing out. And so a lot of times kids, people learn these bad, uh, aggressive behaviors from adults. From watching them. And so because they do exactly what they do, people tend to believe it's inherited. It's not inherited. You learned it from watching adults in your life as a kid, you know, and then you learn about triggers and cues that spark your anger. Um, And then, um, which is no different than like in substance abuse with the triggers and the cues, the things that happen that make your brain say, I need drugs. It's the um, the same thing. Um, then you learn about the cycle, the aggression cycle. Um, and, and then you start learning like cognitive restructuring, like learning, um, different types of models, depending on which book you use for anger management, um, for, how you deal with and address the event that causes the anger. Gotcha. And then um, does anger management actually work? Do people actually change? Yes and no. There's not a high rate of like long-term change with anger management because it doesn't address the underlying issues um, that 
that continue to cause the anger. Anger management, it helps, but it's I I'm a visual person, so anger management is kind of like um like a weed. You see the top part, which is which is like the aggression, the bad behavior, the disrespect. Um, and you you can cut the weed, but if you don't dig at the roots and get to the root of the anger, it's still gonna keep coming back. So mm-hmm. it's it's like putting a band-aid on something um when you actually on something on a wound that's infected when what you need to do is open it up, clean it out, and then sew it up. Um, which is what therapy does. Mm, okay. So how come courts don't just send people to therapy if there's not like a high success rate? I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. Because, I mean, there are instances and there is statistics that show that doing anger management groups works. It works if the person can actually see that they have an anger problem and want to change. Um, but, but most of the people that end up in anger management, they come from generations of anger caused by trauma. Then when you start teaching them this class, what you're telling them is everything they've ever known is wrong. And they, and people don't like that. So I've seen some people where it works and then some people it doesn't. Um, I taught it in a correction facility and for most of the people, like they, they got put in there because they kept getting in trouble. And so while they were in my group and we were going over this stuff, they were staying out of trouble. The problem was as soon as they finished my class, they started back, right back, getting in trouble again. And so for some people you do, you, you will see where they'll use it, um, especially if it, if, it, if it will get them out of the consequences that they're facing, but it doesn't always stick. Gotcha. It's good for like short-term results. Sometimes it's long-term depending on if they're at a point when they get put in there that they're sick of the way things keep going. Um, but if they are, um, if they're not sick of the way things are going, it might not stick. Gotcha. Okay. Now, if you have a family member that say has anger problems, um, and you want to help them get help, um, how would you say they should go about that? It depends on if they actually want help, or are you trying to tell them that they want help, that they need help. Um, is it, is it, it's not like the situation of like, you know, you, you might have a family member that, you know, is on drugs and you know how, like, um, what do you call, call it when, you know, you might walk in and all your family members are there and, um, I can't think of the name of it now. Oh, intervention? Yeah. Intervention. Like, is there anger management intervention? Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, you can definitely have one. Um, Have an intervention. Um, I've seen where some 
family members have gotten together and be like, you have an anger issue. Um, but you can tell, just like with drugs, you can tell people to you're blue in the face that they got an anger problem. If they don't, if if they don't see a problem with it, they're not going to change it. They're going to dismiss it and still find a way to justify it. Gotcha. Um, now, um, so say someone they know they got anger problems, anger issues, and mm-hmm. they they really want to get the help, but you know they don't have a lot of income, can't afford therapy. Are there ways, healthy ways, to cope with this? There are a lot of books on anger management that they can read themselves that teaches like breathing techniques, um, grounding techniques, um, and how to look at the situation differently um, if they can't afford to go to therapy. Now, as far as fixing the issues that, that the roots of the anger, that does require quiet therapy and they may have to get creative in trying to find um like a nonprofit or something that would offer therapy at an either affordable price or for free gotcha oh all right well that was i feel like that was very informational um so where can everybody find you at um on social media wise um, Simone Lee on Instagram, um, S-I-M-I-O-N-E-L-E-A, um, and mainly, well, mainly I'm just on Instagram. My, um, my Facebook is private right now. It's not public. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining. That's it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You're welcome. Thanks. You too.